on episode 357 of the YLP podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP realm, the weekend has finally arrived. Weeks, months, an entire year we have waited. And now, WrestleMania has finally arrived. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it is WrestleMania weekend in the YLP realm. And I hope you are ready and prepared for everything that's going to go down this weekend. I'm actually a little bit more hyped than usual for WrestleMania. As the last few years, I have not been as excited for WrestleMania because the hype for the show usually has has been straight dog shit. But we're gonna, you know, talk a little bit about WrestleMania and all that good stuff. Of course, we're gonna be talking about NXT standing and deliver because y'all know what time it is. Preview and predictions for NXT stand and deliver and WrestleMania 39. It's going to be a rough one, folks, so strap in and make sure you get your popcorn and your drinks and all that stuff. But it wouldn't be a full-on episode of the YLP Podcast if we didn't have any news to speak on. I just got a little bit of news this week. Logan Paul. Uh, We talked about this a little bit if you were uh, checking out the Kings of the Rings podcast on Wednesday, which you should have been. YouTube.com slash Kings of the Rings podcast. Just look it up. Check it out. You're welcome. We talked a little bit about Logan Paul and um, them talking about discussing, you know, his contract ending apparently after WrestleMania 39. We had a little bit of discussion. I'll get more into that in today's episode. But uh, it's a surprising thing that his contract is actually up. Nonetheless, we also have news from WrestleZone.com. Nick Khan saying apparently Vince McMahon is not that involved in the creative air quotes around not that involved me thinks not me thinks cap me thinks cap we'll get into that though and also i told y'all a couple weeks ago that i said i wasn't going to get into the whole cm punk thing but this little news intrigued me a tiny bit also from wrestlezone.com by the way apparently cm punk and aew had agreed reconciliation before the post that he put on Instagram you know which one I'm talking about if you don't know don't ask but we'll we'll talk about it and I'll give my little bit of thoughts on that as well as of course like I said my preview and predictions for Wrestlemania weekend y'all know what time it is let's hit that intro let's get it started and with that being said let us begin Buzz Buzz, this is the HBIC, the K. Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Young Lions Perspective, exclusively here on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 357 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this WrestleMania Saturday, as the cool kids call it apparently nowadays. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. So glad to have you guys here with me on this WrestleMania weekend. And I gladly and truly, 100% with every bit of my fiber, my being, and bottom of my heart, truly and greatly appreciate it. It is Saturday, April 1st, 
2023. But this is not April Fool's Day. It is WrestleMania Saturday here in the YLP realm. The YLP realm, we choose not to celebrate April Fool's Day. We're not ones for pranks. Besides, some of them get very hairy and dicey very quickly. If you've seen it enough, some of them on the internet. If you know, you know. Anyway, I hope you guys had a good, fantastic week. I hope it was everything you needed it to be. And if not, we'll work on it next week to get our things right. That is what we have to do. That's how we get down here in the YLP podcast. Like I said, I hope you guys had a good week. It is WrestleMania season, folks. It is WrestleMania season. And it's one of those things where some of the past few years, and I'm, I'm, this is probably not as hot a take as you think it is, WrestleMania hasn't been as hyped. I haven't been really hyped up for WrestleMania. I haven't really felt that that fire in my belly. The, the my, you know, I could feel my blood through my veins, coursing through, doing what it needs to do, day in, day out. I'm not anticipating it. I'm excited for it most years. Past few years, I have not been excited for WrestleMania at all, especially the pandemic one. We all know the pandemic one. We all remember the pandemic one. Yeah. <laughs> anywho, anywho, let's, let's, let's allow ourselves to uh, kind of just ease into the WrestleMania weekend. I know most, I know some of y'all may be in Los Angeles. If you are, fantastic. I hope you guys are enjoying the experience that is there in LA so far. I wish they would bring one to Denver, but hey, that's just me being me, you know, and I've been kind of wanting that for years. Same, you could pull it off. The air is not that bad once you get used to it. In a week, you'll be fine. Hell, hell, other SmackDown before Mania be in Denver, so they're already a bit acclimated. Colorado Springs for Raw, Denver for, you know, everything else. Why not? Make it a fun weekend. Denver's lovely. Actually, Denver is quite lovely this time of year. I'm not going to lie. It's really nice. Denver metro area is wonderful. A lot of things to do in the spring. You know, flea markets and, you know, festivals and all that stuff. It is a wonderful thing. Um, that's why I want to wrestle many in Denver. But nonetheless, I'm going to digress and move on from what is needed from me. And I have to provide the wonderful news that is what we have here. We're going we're gonna to ease into it. Ease into it. Just get talking about a bit of the news. A couple things that I saw this week. You know, and then and then we'll get into the fun stuff because then then it's when my mind goes nuts and I'm fantasy booking three months in advance. But let us get into this what we like to call news of the week, discussing all the news that's fit for me to talk about. And I got a little bit of news on the docket before we get into the fun stuff. We have to do the you know, yeah, you, you gotta do the you know, it, and we when you're doing homework, do the harder stuff first. Once you get through that, everything else is smooth sailing, my guy. Just gonna put that out there. Logan Paul. Apparently, uh, we were talking. If you were listening to the King of the Rings podcast, which you can check out, youtubecom slash Kings of the Rings podcast. Shameless plug, shameless plug. You can find it, of course, on Spotify and all those wonderful things, and especially WrestleLadic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Yes, we do shameless plugs here, and I don't really don't care because I represent, you know, for the brand, for the brand. You know what I mean? But yes, Logan Paul has said, and we were discussing this on the Kings of the Rings podcast this past Wednesday. That um, his contract was expiring after WrestleMania 39. I brought it up in the chat. Not going to lie. I'm going to put myself out there. Yes, I put it in the chat. Checked it out on Bleacher Report. And I was like, no, this, this might be a little bit something, you know, we like to discuss. Because, of course, we know he has a match against Seth Rollins this coming weekend. 
let's see what we got here from Ella J over at WrestlingInc.com. Before he steps up to face Seth freaking Rollins at WrestleMania 39 this weekend, Logan Paul has dropped major news regarding his contract with WWE. Previous reports suggested Paul had been locked into a multi-year deal with the company, but it appears that isn't the case. In the newest episode of the Impulsive Podcast, Paul revealed that his current deal with the company is just days away from expiring, as it concludes in the grand stage of WrestleMania. Quote, it's so crazy. It's like the epitome of everything that I was doing my entire life. I want to lean into it, he said, reflecting on his first year in the sport. My contract ends this WrestleMania. My rookie year is about to be up. It was a good rookie year, end quote. Though it remains to be seen if WWE will draw up a new contract for him, one of his co-hosts joked that, quote, we need a renewal, trying to get you those Lily Pons numbers. Apparently she's a YouTuber. I don't know a damn thing about her. Whatever. We continue on. Referring to a previous claim that WWE had offered YouTuber Lele Pons $20 million to sign with them. To quote the uh, wonderful rapper Joe Budden, why? Anyway, Fightful later confirmed that those reports were false. Quote, I knew that the claim wasn't true. I didn't think anyone would take it serious, Paul said. While his post-WrestleMania future remains unknown, Paul had made quite an impression since his in-ring debut last April. Following his tag team victory at WrestleMania 38, Paul returned to this to settle the score with his former tag team partner, The Miz, who had turned in him at the big event. Paul went on to capture the victory in their match at SummerSlam before pivoting his focus to the challenge. The undisputed WWE Universal Champion and uh, just Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. I hate that name, by the way. They need to separate the titles so bad. They really do. I'll explain when we get to the WrestleMania 39. Well, we get pretty much to the main event, because we're going to have a lot to say about Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the title. And it's going to be going to be fun. But Logan Paul, surprisingly, has had a good year. I can say that. I will double down and say that. Logan Paul has had quite the year. Made his debut at WrestleMania 38. You know, had a tag team victory. Had a match with The Miz. Not bad. And the, somehow the match of Roman Reigns for the, you know, for the titles at Crown Jewel. And surprisingly, I still haven't, as far as my knowledge goes, I still have not seen that match. But I did see the, you know, flying elbow drop off of the turnbuckle onto, you know, the outside uh, announcer's table. And that was not bad. And, you know, you know, video, videoing himself doing it, you know, quite impressive. Not going to lie. So I would say, you know, this is a good way to end the year for Logan Paul. Would I would I want him to come back in the in the future if you know he decides to walk away for a while? Absolutely. Him and Bad Bunny are the you know, I've said personally, Bad Bunny is has probably put on the best celebrity performance at a WrestleMania period, bar none, hands down. But Logan Paul can give Bad Bunny a good run for his money. I mean, he's of course had more matches than Bad Bunny. You know, since he's been around for a year. But hey, Logan Paul has done well for himself in the company. Yes, you know, everybody's going to you know, oh yeah, well, you know, he's a, you know, he's doing a couple matches a year, blah, blah, blah. I mean, man, he's a special attraction. That's the best way to put it. Logan Paul in WWE is a special attraction. So when you see him, you know it's going to be a big fucking deal. Some people do hate the Paul brothers and want to see them get their ass kicked. Bees what it bees, it is what it is. But they're still going to do their thing regardless. You know, like I said, Logan Paul has had a solid year. If he decides to come back or re-ups with WWE, I wouldn't be against it. 
you know, but if he's going to, you know, walk away for a little bit, I would say not a bad rookie year. A, a good, a very good rookie year. I won't say solid, but a good rookie year. I mean, did face Roman. Can't take that away from him. And, it, and from what I, like I said, what I heard, really good match. So, you know, I had, you know, I had a little feud with the Miz for a little, had an actual feud within the company. Had a bit, of, had a somewhat mini feud with uh, Roman at Crown Jewel, and then now he's dealing with Seth Rollins. Is actually, you know, in storyline. I'm saying honestly, to end your rookie, to have a rookie year where you faced, where you won your debut, obviously, had a feud with the Miz, beat him at SummerSlam, had a somewhat of a feud with Roman, and had and put on what people would say is a banger, and now you're in a feud, a feud with Seth Rollins to end your rookie year. What more could you ask for? No, we'll, I mean, we'll see. If he does, if he decides to return, hey, welcome him with open arms. He actually put on good performance. Um, does he have respect to the guys at the back? We may never know, or we may find out somewhere down the line. But I would say for Logan Paul, he did himself a good service to put like put on. You know, even though he only like, I think he only wrestled what four times, pretty much. He's t- he's t- he took on the top talent. And did well. I mean, granted, yes, you know, they were doing, you know, the training and all that stuff. But, hey, wrestlers train too, you know. They still got, you know, they're still learning and innovating and being all cool and shit. You know, that let him rock. And I would say this is a good way to end end this rookie year for him. And he's ending it with a solid feud with, uh, with Seth. So, not going to rock, not, uh, not a man, you know, who was actually put in work, you know. As long as he's respect, being respectful of the business and, you know, doing the right things in, within the company. Hey, do you and get your money. We head over to WrestleZone.com. And, and I know everybody's been, you know, been uh, very, very, very worried and anxious about, you know, Vince McMahon returning to WWE despite what had happened over the summer last year. But this this is, you know, this is the bit that concerns me. Granted, you know. Yeah, he did a lot of wrongdoing. Trying to keep my cursing to a minimum today. But yes, Vince McMahon did some some very, very messed up things. And we would hope that this would kind of be like, and after his retirement, pretty much we were thinking, okay, we're smooth sailing from here. Triple H is going to take over creative and take us into a new era of WWE, which has been absolutely needed for quite some time but Vince McMahon is one of those people that just cannot let it go but Nick Khan apparently saying quote Vince McMahon is not that involved in WWE creative and that's the part that really is what is what does it for me for WWE but let's get into it from Bill Pritchard Nick Khan says things that are looking up at WWE despite the recent allegations against Vince McMahon the Martian and Urand Hopefully I said that correctly. If not, I am terribly sorry for butchering your last name, Pemmin. Sports Media Podcast recently welcomed WWE CEO Nick Khan to the show. Khan was asked about Vince McMahon's retirement due to sexual assault allegations and his return to the company. It was noted that WWE stock went up and ratings stayed strong in light of the allegations, and Khan credited the strength of their staff and shareholders for getting through it. Saying, quote, the most important thing to us, John, the shareholders, everybody stayed calm. We knew that there were some good folks in the pocket and our employees. We have a thousand employees worldwide and we wanted to make sure they stayed calm too. 
They did. Their shareholders did as well. That made it a heck of a lot easier to keep everybody focused on the business, which is, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing. Oh, Vince McMahon-esque indeed. So I think we collectively got through that because of the good folks we work with, because of strong shareholder base that we have. And hey, fortunately, we're on the other side of it, end quote. Tom was then asked how involved Vince McMahon was in the creative department. When he returned in January, McMahon said he was only there to help facilitate a sale of the company and negotiate the next company and the company's next media rights deal. Since then, there has been speculation that McMahon has been involved in creative plans. But Khan says Vince has largely allowed Triple H to run things his way, saying, quote, not that involved. Triple H Paul Levesque is the head of creative. He was named the head of creative in August, Khan said. Vince has respected that. He's embraced that. <clears throat> <laughs> it's also his son-in-law as i'm sure you know so they have their own dynamic and from my point of view things have been terrific for the past couple of months since vince returned mm. we go, uh, this article goes on to say fightful recently reported that there have been uh concerns that vince that vince, english hard still i swear vince mcmahon could be more involved with creative than is, than is being led on among the complaints, talent said that there have been more rewrites on the day of a TV taping than usual, and some gimmicks have been changed to, quote, a manner in which McMahon had previously preferred, end quote. To the contrary, it was noted that there are other indicators that he's not involved, including a lack of constant rematches and pushing talent he did not care for. McMahon has been present for some television tapings, but WWE representatives have denied that he was involved in creative again. McMahon was present for a March episode of Raw in Boston, reportedly because he was there to see John Cena. Some talent said he stayed out of the way, but noted he was spotted near the gorilla position. Um, now, for the life of me, I still, even now, within this very moment, I feel as if, when it comes to Vince McMahon and Triple H, McMahon knows he got his ass kicked, while Triple H was running the golden era of NXT. He knows that. We know that. You know. Milo knows it. Miss YLP knows it. My mama knows it. Princess knows it. You know it. Vince McMahon during that time was getting his ass handed to him on a silver platter by Triple H. Not literally, but hopefully somewhat figuratively. When it came to NXT and WWE, WWE at that point period of time was just not giving us anything at least worth my time most nights but nxt was giving us what we have been longing for a very nostalgic type of wrestling but modernized and giving us actual stories and being the storytellers that they are the you know the matches it, every you know some everything meant something even though maybe it had been open they got been at like just a regular opening match with a new talent taking taking on some against some local talent Everything felt different. I think, at least to me, just in my one, you know, insane, morbid mind, you know, when it comes to professional wrestling, I think Vince McMahon still hasn't let it go. Just me. Do I believe Nick Khan when he says McMahon is not that involved in creative? Hmm. At this very moment, I would say no. But it's leaning towards the middle, in a sense. You know, like, halfway, no. Like, in between mid and definitely not.
the thing with the thing about the whole John Cena deal. Do I believe that? Probably not. I can understand, you know, if he was actually there, the way if the story is legit and he was just there to see John Cena dap him up, hopefully not saying the N-word. Um if you know, you know. And, and pretty much, you know, still getting his hands dirty within the confines of the gorilla position. Standing near it, it's possible. It's possible. But for me, that is the that has been the biggest concern is that, you know, once he was saying, you know, once the news was coming out that he actually was coming back, you know, to facilitate a sale, my heart had already sank before the news had even been read, you know, from my eyes to my lips. Well, I seeing brain functioning and then, you know, the deal. I get concerned. I understand if you know if it's if it was legit if it's legitimately just for the facilitating the sale of the company and the media rights negotiations, I can understand at that point then him showing up every once in a while saying you know what's up to the, you know the talent you know all, you know his friends and whatnot. Even though Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard really need to get out of WWE, but that's another story for another day, and I digress. It concerns me. You know. If he's not that involved, why are we getting Brock Lesnar versus Omos at WrestleMania? Just throwing it out there. I don't know. I hope that it's actually legit. I hope what Nick Khan is saying is actually legit. I hope for that. You know, granted, yes, we've seen the lack of rematches and actual storylines being told, which is fantastic. I'm, I'm applauding. I'm actually applauding right now. But still, you know, him lingering around still gives me a little bit of the tinglies, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, spider senses go up to about a million, and I'm just like, hmm. You know what I mean? So, I am concerned. I will, I'm pretty much going to say that. I am very concerned that, you know, Nick Khan is, you know, holding a little bit more to the, you know, a little bit closer to the chest than, you know, he's actually letting on when he's saying that he, Vince McMahon is not that involved. Just leave it be. Vince McMahon, you had your time. You retired. You're old. You're washed. It's over. Exit the stage right, please. Be it as it may, we will knock out this last little bit of news that I have here. Also on WrestleZone.com, Sam Punk and AEW agreed to reconciliation before the Instagram post that we've uh, we've seen, but let's see what Colin Tessier has to say about the news. Sam Punk and All Elite Wrestling reportedly agreed to reconcile, but the situation is murky following Punk's recent comments on Instagram. The former AEW world champion has been absent from AEW since the aftermath of AEW All Out 2022. At the show, he defeated John Moxley to win the world title, but he suffered a torn tricep. Punk made heated comments about the elite. At the post-show press conference leading to a physical altercation between the two sides that we lovingly know as Brawl Out. Everyone involved was suspended and stripped of their titles, and while the Elite returned to AEW in November 2022, Punk's absence continues. Punk sparked controversy again when he claimed that he wasn't cleared to wrestle ahead of his first clash with Moxley in the summer of 2022, and called Chris Jericho a liar in a since-deleted Instagram post. You all know which one. You've all, you all know which one. In an update... 
In the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that AEW CEO Tony Khan wanted to bring Punk back, and an agreement to reconcile had been reached, at least in principle. However, it's unclear how the aforementioned Instagram comments affected the matter. Meltzer emphasized that the situation is currently unclear given the number of complex complexities involved in the differing opinions within AEW as to Punk's potential return. Additionally, during the live recording of FTR with Dax Harwood on March 30th, Harwood shared text messages from Punk to the crowd. The former AEW World Champion said, told Harwood that he missed the fans. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. This whole situation is just wild. Because honestly... You know, we, at some point, and I, and I believe I said this back in the past, you, at some point they are going to reconcile. It's just they really need to have like a full-on talking out and explaining what the hell happened at Brawl Out. Words were said, hands were thrown, little fisticuff action, you know what I mean? And, um... Yeah, it's still a whole-ass whole situation. It really is. And it's something I'm just like, just... You know, if, if you want CM, if CM Punk comes back, so be it. But I, I believe I said this back, you know, when this whole first bit of news came out with Ball Brawl out. But there's going to have to be a lot of shit that needs to be discussed beforehand before you bring back CM Punk. Now, if they reconcile in principle, you know, good first step. But then the Instagram post came out. And that took a step right back to zero. Probably a couple of, you know, back to the negative, if you know what I'm saying. And I get it. I understand it. I would love to see CM Punk get back in AEW, even though I know there's a lot of people, you know, that are just like, nah, we're good. But like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of things that really need to be discussed before we ever see a CM Punk return. You know, a lot of things have to be said. A lot of things need to be brought up. You know, shaking hands, bro hugs, whatever you need to do to get it done, get it done. But like as I said before too, it's going to take a little while before we actually see CM Punk back in an AEW ring. It's going to be a while. But if they are able to, you know, hash things, you know, because CM Punk's not only going to hash it out with one person, he's got to hash it out with about three people, and then Ace Steel got fired, and that was a whole ordeal. Yeah. But yeah, and those four need to come together, have a kumbaya session, and get their stuff together. You're going to have to really talk it out. The, post -con the, the press conference didn't help matters either. Let's keep it 100 on that one. Let's keep it a stack. That press conference after Brawl Out, because then CM Punk went to the freaking podium, and said what he said. And for the life of me. Can't explain. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. In terms of CM Punk. So that is the news that I got for this week. But when we come back, we get to have fun. Now we get to see. We got, we got through the news. You know, we got to talk about some things. And now we get to have our fun. Preview and predictions. For NXT stand and deliver. I know some of y'all may not have been up to up to game. You know what's going on at NXT. Some of y'all may have just been like, you know what? I'm just not going to watch it. I believe, in my personal opinion, you need to be watching stand and deliver on Saturday. 
1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Peacock, but unless you're outside of it, it's WWE Network, you know what I'm saying? I think, personally, in my honest opinion, NXT Stand and Deliver is really a show I think a lot of people are going to enjoy if they decide to watch it, with a lot of people in this in these matchups that are going to put on some performances, I think, that you guys will actually find quite tasteful and enjoy. And we're going to be doing that on the other side of episode 357 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 357 of the YLP Podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our preview and predictions for NXT Stand and Deliver. Excuse me. In terms of, you know, NXT, I'm sure, I'm, I'm not saying all of you, but I'm sure a good portion of you may have, you know, you know, chunked up the deuces and called it a day, you know, a little while ago when NXT 2.0 came out, I believe like last year, a year and a half or so, and just, we're just like, mm, I'm good, you know, with my hands all over it, blah, blah, blah. As of late, I think NXT has actually done well with themselves. I think they've been doing a, a damn good service of making this event um, quite fantastic and very and something that can compete with WrestleMania and be able to be on uh, WrestleMania weekend's uh, festivities, if you will. Oh, wait. Putting that down a little bit. But... I think NXT Stand delivers a lot to prove. And I think they've got a, a very solid card to make this a, a very wonderful event for all parties involved. I think it's going to just be something of, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be like one of those underrated shows of the year type deals, you know. Good matches on the card. Maybe, you know, a little bit more than, you know, in, in certain areas, you know, a lot of you know, an eight-person tag team, you know, mixed tag team match. We got a you know, six-person ladder match for the women's championship. We got, a, you know, was it a fatal uh, five-way match for the North American title? A triple threat tag team match. There's a lot of people involved in this event, and it's good. And all these stories have been leading up to it. Of course, Dragon Lee making his debut last month, and you know, getting he actually he actually got the ringside cam. You'll love to see it. There's a lot of good matches on this card, though. A lot of good matches, I think, that will intrigue people who are not going to be uh, enjoying the WrestleMania festivities in LA. You know, this will be a nice little Saturday afternoon delight. I promise you that. And that's and I think this this card, with what they presented, you know, over on NXT, they've got some they've got some really good things going down there. And I think they've you know started to begin to set up their future. But it's going to be you know after standing to deliver. I think they're headed in a very, very solid direction, at least from my standpoint. You know, of course, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions on the YLP podcast, you know, hit me up with a voice message over on podcasters.spotify.com or pretty much on uh, any social media. I'll let you guys know about that at the end of today's show. Or you can uh, hit me up with an email over at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. Let me know what you think, what you're feeling, how you're feeling about WrestleMania this weekend, all that good stuff. All right. But yes, 
I think with this, I think with this personally, this is this is gonna be a solid show. With what they got, what they're gonna present on the on you know today's card, you know this afternoon, of course. Again, in the middle of Saturday afternoon, the line. I think this is gonna be a very you know it is, this is definitely gonna be a show that we're gonna be talking about come next week. I promise you that much. At least from my standpoint, again, at least my opinion. But I would encourage you guys to check this show out if you're kind of on the fence about it. I'm gonna check it out. Um, and it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be something that I think we're all going to enjoy for everyone who's gonna be watching it. I think there's a lot of good matches on this card that can be discussed and shall be discussed in just a moment. Let me just get that, you know. The only, the only song I know how, the only thing that needs to be in the background Y'all know what time it is. It's time for that prediction action. Seven matches on the card. The goal itself, as y'all know, as you may, you know, if, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, first and foremost, welcome to the YLP realm. Uh, I am part of Russell Act Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. And this is what we do when it comes to pay-per-view events, premium love events, whatever the hell y'all want to call it. We make predictions over here. We try our very best to go undefeated every single time, although most times we will not. I believe the record at this point is a 16 and one actually going into WrestleMania weekend. The goal as always is to go undefeated. Although I believe there are some pitfalls that may trick a lot of people and, um, you know, a little, little bit of, you know, obstacles we may have to get over, but we will get into the fun. Let us do this thing. Let us go for our predictions. We start off chase university versus schism. Eight, Person makes tag team match winner gaining control of Chase University. This is also Ava Rain's debut. The Rock's daughter is going to be making her debut at NXT Stand and Deliver. I'm quite excited to see that. Uh, see how all that goes down. I think she's actually going to be putting on a better performance than we all think. Um, here's what I think will happen. If you've watched NXT over the last couple of weeks, Duke Hudson's been in a little bit of a mood. A little bit of a mood. And, you know, he's been, you know, feeling some type of way about Chase University as of late. Me tinks, Duke Hudson is going to be the downfall of Chase University. I believe Duke Hudson is going to screw over. Oh, I'm sorry, Tyler Bates in this match too. My bad. Chase University and Tyler Bates versus Schism. My apologies to Tyler Bates. Big, strong boy. I believe Duke Hudson is going to turn on Chase U. I believe that Chase U is going to get destroyed. Uh, and Schism will take the victory and be the newest member, newest uh, authorital in Chase University. Duke Hudson will get that heel turn. It's coming. It has to happen. Why not? I'm going with Schism to get the victory here. The NXT Tag Team Championship on the line in a triple threat tag team match. Gallus. Gallus boys. Versus the Creed Brothers versus the family, the team of D'Angelo and Channing Stacks Lorenzo. The way that NXT, I mean, I mean, we all understand, you know, there's, you know, you know, I put up a poll uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, who was the hardest soul NXT, Sami Zayn or Johnny Gargano? And overwhelmingly, y'all said Johnny Gargano, and I truly understand why. He did a lot of things in NXT, I'm just saying. But the one thing I've always appreciated about NXT was their tag team division. I, I, I used to do NXT shows back in the day, covered it. And the one thing I always appreciated about NXT was their tag team division. 
The Renaissance back in 2016 was something of, of utter delight to yours truly as a person who loves tag team wrestling. And I think this is, this is the, you know, NXT's version of beginning the new era of tag teams. We have a couple good tag teams down there in NXT. As long as they start working on the tag team division, I'm just going to put that out there. But when it comes to this, I, I see the future of NXT. You know, D'Angelo and Lorenzo, you know, actually becoming a tag team and starting going for gold. I mean, D'Angelo, I believe it's uh, fought for, ta uh, for gold before, did not did not get that uh, championship. Creed Brothers, a solid tag team, former NXT tag team champions, I believe. And they're a solid team. I think they're just directionless at the moment. But they're in something, you know, a business match like this. But you cannot tell me Gallus boys don't stay on top. Gallus boys stay on top. And I'm going with Gallus to get the victory. It's They just recently won the championship. So you definitely don't want to be, you know, taking those babies away before Joe Coffey comes back. And when Joe Coffey comes back, that's when you're going to see some shit. And shit is going to get real in NXT. Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, watch your back for whoever wins the NXT championship. We head over to the Fatal Five Way. For the NXT North American Championship, I think this has been a very solid storyline for Wes Lee. You know, pretty much just saying, I'm going to put this on the line against anybody. Open challenges all day. Everybody trying to get a shot. Shawn Michaels had to, you know, reel him in, you know, reel him in and be like, bro, you can't be doing this all day. You know, I mean, I get it. I get what you're trying to do. But you're, you're killing me, man. Everybody, everybody just beating up everybody trying to get a shot at the title. That's not how we do things. I'll give you an idea. How about you pick four people to face you for the North American Championship because Wesley wanted 10 and Triple H, uh, not Triple H, Shawn Michaels was just like, nah, fam, you're doing five. So he picked Dragon Lee, of course, making his debut, having his debut match in NXT, Jaden McDonough, Ilya Dragunov, and Axiom winning the Battle Royal to get into, to get the last spot in the North American Championship. Solid storyline for Axiom, by the way, and uh, Wesley. That's going to be a feud somewhere down the line. I promise you that on everything. The way I see it, are they trying to have Wesley overcome the odds and retain the North American Championships? That is that what this, you know, the tea leaves are telling me? Because McDonough can win it. Any, per any person in this match can become North American Champion. Let's not get it twisted. This is going to be a very, very hard match for Wesley to, you know, conquer in this go-around. He's going up against some bad motherfuckers in J.D. McDonough, Ilya Dragunov, and Dragon Lee. Ag seems the wild card. And I don't, that, uh, you know, we're not doing process of elimination here today, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, we're going to keep that, keep that solid. In terms of everything, this is, this is, even, even at this very moment, as, as my words are trying to come to my head, I'm still trying to figure out who is going to be walking out with the NXT North American Championship. Here's how I see it. I don't think Wesley's going to be retaining that championship. I think he's going to get caught. I think he's. I think they're trying to do a little bit of two big force britches, and he's going to be getting some top talent. And I think, I think we're going to have a new champion. It's not going to be Dragon Lee though. Too soon. I think. You know what? I'm going to run with Ilya Dragunov to become the new NXT North American Champion. I think I can run with Dragunov on this one because him versus McDonough is, is just a rivalry that honestly is going to be some wild shit. 
No, 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 no. I can take it back. I'm going to take it back. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, JD McDonough. Final answer. I think in my head, the way I'm trying to, you know, portray this out, Ilya Dragunov gets, you know, hits his uh, finishing move. You know, I forget, I forget, I'm so sad. I am so upset that I don't know his move. I want to say it's Torpedo Moscow, but I do not know. If y'all want to let me know, let me know, please. But I know he's that running, like, that running, like, just, like, headbutt moves, Zangief type shit. I don't know. Runs it at Wesley. McDonough throws him out of the ring and gets the pin to become the new North American champion. That's how I see it. I'm going with J.D. McDonough to become the new North American champion. We move on. The Women's Tag Team Championships are also on the line. Fallon, Henley, and Keanu James taking on Alba Fire in a LaDawn. I have been, uh, I have been, I've become a very big fan of uh, Fire and Dawn. And of course they have a catchy little catchphrase, you know. It's darkest before the dawn. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, I almost forgot that one a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I see no reason why Fire and Dawn can't be walking out of uh, Stand and Deliver with new women's tag team champions. Given the fact that Fallon Helen and Keanu James cannot just keep their shit together and just be cool and copacetic and whatnot. Now, of course, uh, they've been, you know, Fallon Henley believes Keanu James, you know, you pull a little bait and switch action on, uh, I believe it's, uh, yeah, Brooke, it's Brooks Jensen. Um, and um, I still think that beef ain't over between Henley and James. Some foolish, I smell shenanigans. Yeah, I said shenanigans. I just think there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, a little something, something that's going to get, you know, where James screws over Henley, Briggs, and Jensen, and, uh, you know, NXT, new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions in Fire and Dawn. That's the way I see it. I'm going with Fire and Dawn to walk out as new champions. This match is very, very intriguing to me. I believe this is starting to look like what I would consider the future, your solid foundation of the NXT Women's Division. I think these six here deserve to be in this match, every single one of them. Uh, of course, Indy Hartwell, in her what appears to be her swan song, as uh, the you know the wonderful people over at the Kings of Rings podcast uh, talked about on theirs on Wednesday, deserving needed to be in this match, and the way they you know put the storyline together, it was just a you know she just had match of the match trying to get that NXT Women's Championship shot, couldn't do it, finally gets her shot at the title, but I don't it's not going to be her time. This is basically her swan song, uh, as we see it here over at uh, WrestleMania Radio. And perfectly, you know, a good way to do it. But it ain't her time. It's not going to be Valkyria's time yet. Stratton's time is not yet. Which leaves us Perez, Stark, and Dolan. Of course, you know, it was wonderful to see, you know, Roxanne Perez, you know, wanting to face her fears and overcome them by being involved in the ladder match for the Women's Championship instead of, you know, Michael's pretty much saying, you know, let's get you through a few matches, make sure you're actually good to go and all this stuff. And then once we feel you're, you know, you're ready and you've earned the shot, we will give you the shot. Some interim shit. Roxanne was just like, uh-uh, that's not how we gonna do things. I'm getting in that, I wanna be in that match. I'm ready and I need to face my fears, you know, and my anxiety. I'm gonna overcome my anxiety in this matchup. Because the way they're leaning, at least to me, it's leaning towards Perez losing the title. It gives me that feeling. It really does. For some reason, my mind is telling me there's going to be a new women's champion. But, I think still, it's still early in Perez's reign. 
And I think they're going to make this, you know, make her make her an even bigger baby face in NXT. I think they're going to need a baby, you know, there's a lot of, there's a good, there's good heel talent that is, is going to come through the pike. You know, you still have Stark, you still have Dolan, you still have Stratton, you still have Valkyria. And of course, the baby of talent that is still coming in through NIL and all that good stuff. Bryce is going to need some talent to face in her baby face ring. I think she's going to overcome the odds, the anxiety, her fears, and climb up that ladder and still retain the NXT Women's Championship. I think this is a great storyline, and I think this is something that I think NXT can build on, you know, in terms of talking about mental health in our society today and, you know, you know, destroying the stigma of mental health and actually being able to discuss it. I think it's a very something that's something that I think NXT really should tap into and really, really make Perez a perennial babyface. You know, top woman, top babyface in NXT and all that. You know, I think you can really go into that avenue and really go down that and take that journey and see what they can pull off with this feud. Perez retains, overcomes the odds, and all that good stuff. Before we get into the uh, main event, I want to talk about the. I'll go with the unsanctioned match. Johnny Gargano, Grayson Waller. You can go either way with this one. You really can go either way. Um, I think me personally, 15 months after I got destroyed by Grayson Waller with a chair, I think I'm going to take the W for Johnny Gargano. That's just the way I see it. I know people are going to be like, yeah, Grayson Waller's going to win on some, on some... I think y'all forgot. And I said this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I think Grayson Waller needs to watch tape of his unsanctioned match. Of uh, the unsanctioned match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. If you haven't checked out the Gar Ciampa Gargano era of NXT, that is probably, at least in my heart, one of the greatest storylines, if not the greatest storyline NXT has ever done. And something that will more than likely never be created again because you had two men who were pretty, who are pretty much homies. Stemming all the way back to the Cruiserweight Classic, giving us years of wonderful storyline. And the players involved with it, involving the NXT Championship multiple times. Aleister Black was involved. I mean, it is just, it was just a the quintessential feud that is NXT and part of NXT uh, Golden Age. And that is why I'm going with uh, Mr. Gargano to get the victory. Waller ain't built like Johnny Gargano in an unsanctioned. If I get it wrong, I will live with my choice. But I'm thinking personally, Gargano, Waller, Gargano's got to get his revenge. He's got to get a little bit of revenge on uh, Mr. Waller, especially for uh, beating up dad in front of his baby. Uh-uh. You will pop a bear now, Johnny Gargano. You got you to gotta handle that. Handle that. Easily. Do what you got to do. Break neck. Okay, don't, don't technically break neck. But make it look like it's broken. But I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano get the win. In that unsanctioned match. I think it's actually going to be a lot better than a lot of y'all think. And I think it's going to be... I mean, it's... You put Johnny Gargano and unsanctioned and NXT together. It just makes for wonderful things. That's just me. But yeah, I'm going with Gargano to get the W. 15 months. Mm-mm. We now talk about the NXT Championship. And that's why I had to turn off the music. 18 months ago. Braun Breaker and the man formerly known as a Christian Casanova, former Limitless uh, Pro Wrestling, Limitless Wrestling, I'm sorry, out of Maine, world champion, holding it down, handling business. And I remember that uh, as a post he put out on his Twitter, 
him and Daniel Garcia before he lost the night the night that he lost his championship. And was about to and we heard the news he was about to go to NXT. We didn't know the greatness that Carmelo Hayes has brought forth into what NXT is now in this new era. Braun Breaker. Son and nephew of the Steiners. Wrestling runs through this man's veins. It was inevi- it's it's one hundred percent inevitable that Braun Breaker that would show up in NXT came in the same class. Same class, the biggest class uh, that NXT had at that time. And the only two that, at least from what I saw in this class, that were honestly going to have the class somewhere down the line were Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker. This is 18 months in the making. Carmelo Hayes went down his path, becoming the A champ. Braun Breaker, not even within months of his debut, becomes North, uh, I was about to say North American champion. He becomes NXT champion and held it and held him down for over a year, at least a year, almost a year to the day. So he has been the man on NXT. These two, it was inevitable. Wonderfully inevitable that these two men would meet. I said this on Twitter. The guy versus the A-champ. But there was no doubt in my mind. And, a lot, and of course, you know, news speculation about Hayes coming up, Breaker coming up, main roster, all this shit. I get it. Both men are worthy. I honestly was wishing that, you know, Breaker and Hayes were in the men's rumble this year. Because it would have been nice to see some NXT talent, Waller. You know what I mean? Wesley, McDonough, Dragonov. I think Dragonov was in it. I'm not too sure. But seeing, it would have been nice to see that a little bit more NXT talent than we had in that rumble. Just going to put that out there. But these two have been on a literal collision course for 18 months. At the end of the day, and this is going to be in honestly an instant classic, the way I'm... And honestly, in the, in the fact that the storyline has been quite respectable. You know, they ain't throwing hands on each other. Threw dead, pretty deadly through a damn table. Then nice. You know, being pretty deadly in a tag match, but still keeping things respectable enough. So not to the point where they're going to throw hands, but to the point where they realize, I want you at your best. I want you at 100%. So there is no doubt. And I'm sure, and of course, we've all seen this, you know, entire storyline before, but when it's said with these two, it means something. This match is going to be something of... Probably will go down as one of the best NXT matches ever, if done correctly. But I think this is just going to be the... It's, an, it's, a, it's one of those matches you're just like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and watch this one. This is replay value through the roof already, and we haven't even seen the match yet. Okay. But the way I see it at the end of the day, I believe it is time for Carmelo Hayes to take his place as him. It is time. I'm going with Carmelo Hayes to become the new NXT champion. I think it's, I mean, don't get it. I mean, Breaker's been running NXT for almost a year. That is wonderful. No disrespect to Brian Breaker. Man's been holding it down for the 2.0 boys or whatever you want to call them now. And hopefully they change that championship because that thing is ugly. Nah, Mm-mm. give me back. Give me back the old one, the last one, the last iteration before the new one. 
That's Vince McMahon stuff. We ain't got time for no none of that around here. Bring back the black and gold, actual black and gold. For real, for real. But Carmelo Hayes, it's time for him to take his place at, uh, as the top guy in NXT. This match is going to be spectacular. They both know it's going to be spectacular before they go out there and handle business. You know it's going to be fantastic before the bell even rings. The second that Carmelo Hayes came out after... Um, what was it, Avengers Day? Defeating Grayson Waller for the uh, NXT Championship in a steel cage match, standing on top of that cage with the NXT title. Who comes out after beating Apollo Crews? Carmelo Hayes. You knew at that very moment, you knew what time it was. Twitter went bonkers. The second Carmelo Hayes came out, stared right in directly in the Braun Breaker. You knew what time it was. The time is here. But I'm saying Carmelo Hayes is walking out with that NXT championship. And it's time, and it's honestly wonderfully time for Braun Breaker to make his time to make have his time to be called up to the main roster. He is ready. He is ready. He is so ready. And I think he's he's gonna be doing quite well to whatever brand he goes to. I think he will make waves, and I think they will, you know, push him wonderfully. On the main roster, he has done he has done more than enough for the NXT brand. I think it's time to you know for him to you know bring his talents to the main roster. Carmelo Hayes becomes the new NXT champion, and that's going to conclude my predictions for Stand and Deliver. When we come back, oh boy, you're gonna have to strap in and get your popcorn and your drinks for this one because this one is where we have a lot of fun and where we can get a lot of L's coming out of this weekend. But yes. We're going to talk about WrestleMania 39 preview and predictions. And it's going to be a wild one. And one I think we're going to have a lot of fun discussing over the next couple of weeks. But we're going to have to chill on that for a little bit. And I'll see you guys on the other side of episode 357 of the YLP Podcast. We'll be right back. It is the main eventual segment of episode 357 of the YLP podcast, WrestleMania 39 preview and predictions. But before we get into the fun stuff, I gotta make sure to shout out the people over at WrestleMania Radio Moscow Podcast team for what they do every single week. Do not forget to check out the family of WrestleMania Radio Podcast. Of course, Tuesdays. Excuse me. Get your impact fix with uh, a brand new season of Brace for Impact. Nate, the having great returns for a brand new season of TNA Impact Funness. And if you enjoy, I believe, it, yeah, this is basically the old, you know, the older years of TNA Impact. Actually, there's some good times there. Um, I'm just a little bit staying there. But we ain't gonna talk about that right now. Of <laughs> TNA Impact Wrestling. So if you enjoy that sort of thing. Nate's got you covered. Brand new season kicked off this past Tuesday. You might want to check that out right now. Well, after you listen to this, and then you can go check that out. Of course, Wednesdays, Kings of the Rings podcast. And uh, this past week, actually, K-Murphy made the return to the Kings of the Rings podcast. Talking about WrestleMania and all that good stuff. It was good. It was, you know, it's good to see them. 
good to see them on the podcast. Gay's awesome. Gay is good people. 100% one of the coolest people I know. Along with King Ricky Rose and Willie Z, Will Tara Shuck. Talking about pop culture, sports entertainment, all the good things, and all that good stuff. Y'all know what it is. And it was actually a really good show because they did their WrestleMania preview predictions, and it was really fun to see. They talked about a bit about NXT standing over as well. Good times all around. And one time, uh, shout out one time to Frankie Tortellini, Case Pet Lizard, 100%. Fantastic. And Frankie Tortellini on Instagram, yes, it is a thing, and I do love animal Instagrams. Guilty pleasure, of course. Then, uh, if you don't catch it live, you can catch it. If you catch it live, though, you can catch it live on YouTube, Kings of the Rings Podcast. Just search for that on YouTube at KOTR underscore podcast on Twitch. And you can also check it out over at on Twitter at KOTR underscore podcast. If you don't catch it live on Wednesday, they have the audio version already set up for you on Thursday. We then go into Friday. Fred's Mania podcast. Brother Fred's breaks down with a ruthless aggression era. And in this go around, Nance is talking about all of these, uh, you know, the wonderful festivities that are going to be going down, you know, besides WrestleMania 39. I know everybody's there for that, but there's other events going down during the weekend, GCW, Bloodsport, all that crazy stuff. You already know what it is. So we break all of that down in this week's episode, and then you got me, Saturday, but y'all know what it is. It's WrestleMania Preview, the cure for the common wrestling podcast, WrestleMania 39. Where do I even try to begin of WrestleMania 39? I'm not gonna lie. This has been this is one of the more anticipated shows. Actually, at least for me, this is probably the most you know, hype I've been for a WrestleMania in the last five years. I'm not gonna even lie to y'all. Pandemic era, Yikers 37, not bad, 38, not better, better than expected, but the hype for it going into WrestleMania has not been as as good as I feel right now about WrestleMania 39. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm actually feeling good about this weekend's festivities, minus Brock Lesnar and Omos. But other than that, though, I'm feeling damn good about that. <laughs> I'm feeling damn damn good. Um, but the way I see it, though, this is this is. There's a, there's a lot. I mean, ever since Vince McMahon, quote unquote, retired, um, it, it has been, you know, smooth sailing for the most part for WWE. They've actually given us storylines. They've put on talent that they normally don't push in WWE. People that Vince McMahon despised that people actually go, actually, you know, people actually fans of. Triple H is bringing them into the fold, bringing back talent to create, you know, new storylines. The Roman thing of Give credit for Vince McMahon for that, but now Triple H is taking it to a new level. The Judgment Day is actually getting a big push in which Triple H didn't even know if he was actually feeling Judgment Day, but then is actually now behind them 100%, and thank goodness for that, because it has been a solid heel stable on Raw for the past year and a half or so. But, actually, an entire year. Um, but yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm feeling pretty good about WrestleMania 39. I'm feeling really solid. Uh, as we head into the showcase of the Immortals, there's a lot of good matches on this card. A lot of good matches. Yes, we're doing two nights, but the thing, the theme of this weekend is 100% quality over quantity. And I've really appreciated that. The, um, when Triple H actually put that out there. Quality over quantity. 
before, since we've been doing two nights, you just have to put so many people on the card. You don't necessarily have to. And I've been saying this for a couple of years now. Give me the best. WrestleMania to me. What WrestleMania means to me is that it is the best of the best. The Rocks versus Austin's, the Triple H versus The Undertaker's, the Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, the Kurt Angles versus Shawn Michaels, the Michaels Ric Flair blessed moment that was, even though that was the retirement of Ric Flair. But WrestleMania to me means the best of the best, facing off against each other in wonderfully built storylines that have that are deemed worthy of making it to a WrestleMania match. Best of the best. Hands down. And in terms of, in that definition, this is probably as close to what I think of in my head as it has in many, many moons. I'm quite excited. I'm, I'm okay. I won't, I won't you know, give you too much of a vibe. I'm feeling very good about how WrestleMania has been orchestrated, constructed, and actually been presented to us. For the most part. Not every match has been built wonderfully, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But, for the most part. I think WWE has done a good job, especially with Triple H at the creative helm with the keys to the Lamborghini. I think they have done a wonderfully good job on giving us storylines that we can sink our teeth into, matches that I think people can get behind, and a lot of dark horse candidates for Match of the Night, which speaks to me oh so much. I mean, 13 matches that we got this weekend. Again, six on, I believe six on Saturday, seven on Sunday. Again, it is just wonderful. There's not like nine match cards on an entire evening. You don't need that many. You don't need that many. Six to seven, I think, is the number they're going for. And I think what that it speaks to is that though not every match feels anticipated, this gives more time to the matches themselves. I think that is the key. I think that is the major, huge key in all of this. Not not the entire night does not need to be four hours fucking long. Let's get that one thing straight. WrestleMania does not need to be nine fucking hours. Vince. Okay? People on the East Coast need to sleep too and shit. People in the freaking UK get mad as hell. Because they might have to watch it at three o'clock in the fucking morning. And that is not fun for everybody. So I think in this format, the way Triple H is presenting it, six to seven, at best eight. But quality matches are the key. Quality over quantity. And I love that theme going into it. I still haven't seen the WrestleMania 39 set as of late. I've been dodging and weaving, trying not to see what the set looks like because I want to see it how it is first shot. Okay? So... With that being said, though, let us get into what we came here for, preview and predictions. We are, we are hoping to go 7-0 for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver 9, what was it, 13-0, 20 matches. Doubt I can go 20-0, but we're going to find out. We are going to find out, but let us do our predictions for WrestleMania. Starting off with night one, as announced on first take this past week. This is not the actual card they're going to have set up, but this is the match that they're going to be on night one's card. We begin with what Wikipedia has on here. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think this is going to be a very decent matchup. But there's only one person that doesn't win this match, and her name is Rhea Ripley. This is payback for WrestleMania 36 in that god-awful NXT Women's Championship match. 
and that god-awful booking decision to have Charlotte Flair take the championship away from Rhea Ripley. Should have never happened. Why, though? We'll never know. But, Charlotte Flair, when she came back, a lot of people were saying, you know, they wanted, just want to get the title out of, out of Rousey to have her at the WrestleMania, blah, 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 blah. This makes sense. Of course, I would love to have seen Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair face off at WrestleMania for the championship. But as the Kings of the Rings podcast squadron told me, especially Ricky and Will, they got years for that. And they're right. There are plenty of years for these two to actually have that match. And I do hope it gets that Austin Rock rub it truly deserves because these two can go. But with that being said, though, Ripley needs to take the championship. She doesn't just want to be a superstar. She needs to be a superstar. She needs that. You. She basically said to Flair, you are that. You are your superstar. I don't just want it. I need to be a superstar. And that means beating you for this Smackdown Women's Championship. At that point, I'm just like, that's, that's pretty much a done deal. Rhea Ripley needs to win this championship. Let her run SmackDown's Women's Division for a while. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But I'm going with Rhea Ripley to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. We then get into the Raw Women's Champion. Ship, Bianca Belair and Asuka. Now, let me get one thing straight. Let's get one thing straight real quick. The build to this match has been dude. Sheer, utter, just no. From a build standpoint, the, the, package, the video package they had for both Asuka and Bianca saved their asses. But I think this match is going to be better than a lot of people expect because of the build to this matchup. This match is going to be good. It's going to be a really, really good match. And I'm thinking, I'm going with Asuka to take the victory. 100%. Bianca, for those of you who may not know, Bianca's held that championship for about a year now. It's just been booked disgustingly. And I'm going to blame WWE for that. And uh, the Kings of Rings podcast did talk about it a little bit on Wednesday, um, discussing the women's vision. And Kay brought it up 100%. They are not being booked properly. They're not. It seems like they're meeting the women's championships, the women's tag team championships, a straight up afterthought. And I, for one, am not a fan of that. Okay, I am an advocate for the women's division. I want to see them thrive. But the way they book them, the way that both these matches were booked have been kind of shit. Okay, there's no fucking way that you're going to tell me that and anticipation is low. I get it. You got a lot of storylines to run through. But Jesus, for a little while, can we focus on a bit on the women's and tag team divisions, please? Especially the women's division. And no. That thing has been no. This pat like the Raw Women's Championship as a whole around the waist of Bianca Belair is a good move, but the way they've just not been giving, you know, Bianca does something to have actually to sink her teeth into and give storylines just made it an afterthought. Not a good move. Not good. Same thing with the SmackDown Women's Championship. Freaking what? Liv Morgan had it for a hot second. Ronda Rousey beat her. She held that, and we didn't really give a damn about it. Charlotte wins, gets a babyface pop. She's not a babyface, then is a then, but because we know she's a natural heel, and yet they've made that match seem like it's not, the only match. That match got somewhat anticipatory because of the fact that they had a little brawl, a pull apart brawl on the outside, and that was actually solid. I'm not gonna lie, but they don't need to be doing this, saving their asses to make this match actually look halfway decent in terms of build. For this match. With that being said, though, I'm taking Asuka to win the championship. I think with the new uh, Kana gimmick that she's running through with WWE since uh, the Royal Rumble, I'm just thinking, yeah, you know what? It's Asuka's time to hold that championship. Belair's had it for a good a good while, and I think it's time to hand it over to a new champion. I think it makes sense to pass the torch to Asuka and let her run with the division. And I think they've been building uh, the Kana gimmick up very nicely 
as a whole. And I think they've really, you know, they could have done a lot more with it. Let's be let's be truthful with ourselves. But I think, you know, what the, the potential for it is, I think it can really stand out. And I think it starts with a Raw Women's Championship victory at the grand fucking daddy of them all. Asuka takes the victory and becomes the new Raw Women's Champion. And then we get to Brock Lesnar versus Omos. I ain't got a lot to say on this. I'm just going to say this. This match stupid. I am not a fan of it. We will watch it. And I hope Brock Lesnar wins. Moving on. Six woman tag team matchup. Trish Stratus leader Becky Lynch taking on damage control. Becky, not Becky, Bailey. Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Part of me wanted to pick damage control to get the victory. But I think the way they're kind of, you know, having this go down, I'm sensing a little bit of dissension uh, at damage con- uh, with damage control at the showcase of the Immortals. Mm. It's definitely going to happen. I think this is the matchup where damage control implodes. Let's get one thing straight. Damage control really hasn't been that well booked. Um, I would have loved to see them have a very long reign with the Women's Tag Team Championship, establishing them as an actual big fucking deal uh, in WWE. Because uh, stables, heel stables actually can work if you do it right. As Judgment Day. I have a sense that uh, Becky, Lita, and Trish are going to you know, win this whole thing. And um, yeah. We're just going to go with that. I know that the showcase matches are not on here. And um, quickly, I'm just going to go with that real quick. Um, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler um, versus six women. They picked out of a hat. And uh Wogan and Raquel Rodriguez. Shotzi and Natalia. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Yeah, Baszler and Rousey get the victory easily. And I'm going to go with the Street Profits to win the men's tag team showcase. And I really wish they would have some incentive when it comes to these types of matches. A future title shot, you know, at Backlash. Something. Give me some incentive to actually believe in this. Which is why Wikipedia does not have these matches on the card. I think, yep, they're not on the card. Oh, wait, no. Oh, they're... I don't know. Yeah, but I'm going to go with, you know... Rousey and Baszler to get the women, uh, to get the victory because they're going to take the tag team championships away from Lita and Becky. And Trish is probably going to turn on Becky at some point and they're going to have a match at SummerSlam. And I'm going to go with Street Profits to get the victory in the men's showcase. So there you go. It's on Wikipedia. But getting back into the business, I am going with Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch to get the victory though. And a dissension within damage control begins. We then get to Seth freaking Rollins versus Logan Paul. I'm going with Seth Rollins. I think for the past few weeks, Logan Paul has been, you know, getting him, getting the best of him every single time, knocking him clean, smooth out with a sucker right hand. Overhand, right, was clean. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's retribution time for Rollins. And I think, especially with the news of uh, his contract expiring with the company, I think Paul does not get the victory here. Give me Rollins to get the victory and get that comeuppance on Logan Paul because that just makes sense. And somehow, some effing way, now, I don't believe this is the actual night one card. I believe they actually, like I said, they were posted on uh, first take for the actual rundowns of the card. If you want to check that out, I'm just giving what is given to me on Wikipedia, by the way. But they said the main event for night one of WrestleMania is Austin fucking Theory versus John fucking Cena. You are out your damn mind to make me think for one freaking second. Theory versus Cena is more important storyline wise than 
The Usos versus Sami o- Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You are out of your mind to make me think for like that one second that that's your main. That's a, a main event quality match. Why? Because John Cena's in it. Is that the case? Get that rub because John Cena's, you know, gonna be a playable character in fucking WWE. Uh, not WWE. Uh, PGA Tour 2K23, bruv. Is that the move we're going with, bruv? That's the move. Okay. I, I believe that 100% wholeheartedly that that's, you know, that that's worthy of your main event for night one. Please. But anyway, I've been seeing a lot of people saying John Cena is going to beat Austin Theory. To that, I say, huh. 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 I laugh at you. John Cena winning the United States Championship would be hilarious. John Cena wins Cena wins lol memes everywhere. 100%. No, you give Austin Theory the di- uh, the damn victory. I was going to say give Austin Theory the dick. Wow. Um pause. But um Austin Theory needs this victory a lot more than John Cena does. John Cena solidified. I've said this many many times on the show about many people. They are solidified, and L will not hurt them one single bit. I think Austin Theory needs this a lot more than Cena does. Cena will put on a solid matchup, and Theory's going to walk out, retaining the United States Championship. That's the way I see it. I know a lot of y'all would love to see Cena win. All that shit. No, that's not how we're going to do it here. Theory needs this a lot more than Cena does. Okay, let's get that one thing straight. Cena, Cena loses. Lol. Theory retains. Now like I said they got this all jumbled up because apparently they didn't, you know, watch first take and you know put this up. But anywho, let us get to the remainder of the matches that we have on there, minus the men's and women's WrestleMania showcase fatal four-way tag team matches. We still do have Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. This is and I will say this wholeheartedly, and I believe I said this on Twitter a few weeks ago. Dominic Having that year with Judgment Day, I think, was the best thing that could actually happen for Dominic Mysterio and his heel turn. I talked about this, a couple, I believe, a couple years ago, back in 2021, about having Ray versus Dominic then. But I think at WrestleMania 38, it didn't make any sense. So they waited until after WrestleMania. Edge created the Judgment Day. Finn Balor took over the Judgment Day. And then Dominic Mysterio got brought into the fold. Screwing up, kicking Edge in the nutsack, and then clotheslining the hell out of his daddy. Finally, a year after, he had enough and uh, realized, oh, yeah, you don't talk to moms that way. I'm going to punch you in the mouth. (laughs) Wonderful moment. And said, I'll see you at WrestleMania, bruv. In in the the YLP realm side of booking of things, this would be an actual retirement match for Rey Mysterio. To me, I think this would be the quintessential way for... Ray to walk out, especially with the Hall of Fame. Oh, you mean to tell me a retirement match wouldn't be lovely? Father-son moment, even though there is there was dissension, I will fight my child. The only person that will ever take me out of this business if I retire will be my son. Because he is the future of this business. And it just makes all that sense in the world. I mean, like I said, if this were a retirement match, I'd easily pick Dominic. I really would pick Dominic. And there's going to be a lot more WrestleManias for him. And this one kind of threw me through a loop for a little while. You know what I'm saying? 
because it's just like now that it's here now that we're gonna see what's gonna happen in terms of entrances i saw people telling me on twitter you know he coming out in the low rider you know the eddie's music you know rocking i was just saying i would like to see him rock some uh, eddie inspired gear eddie guerrero inspired gear to come out and saying you know i wish because he said i wish eddie guerrero was my dad you know what i mean i think this is going to be a very fun match for these two i think this is something that they have been wanting to work towards for the longest time together ray i believe i, I read it on a little bit of news um ray is very excited to do this match with his son and have that build and i'm sure there's going to be some fun some funky things happening at the hall of fame um from last night i'm not gonna i didn't watch it personally but um I had a feel. I have a feeling there's going to be some some nonsense going down that had gone down the night before WrestleMania weekend. But who? But this. I mean, who do I want to win here? Who? Make, what makes more sense? I think honestly, Rey Mysterio needs. The, I, I think Rey Mysterio should get this one. I know Dominic could get this, and it would be I, honestly with this in this match. I'm perfectly fine with taking the L regardless on this matchup. But I think this is going to be a dark horse candidate. I'm making this a dark horse candidate for match of the night. Because this match is going to be a lot better than I think a lot of people are going to anticipate. And I think the way they have built this, um, build this and built this has been sensational. Sensational. I'm very excited for this matchup. But I'm going to go with Ray to get the comeuppance on his boy. Because you don't you don't talk to your moms like that. She because she could, she was about he was about three seconds from away from catching Jonkla. If you know, you know. But I'm going to go with Ray to get the victory. Edge, the demon Finn Balor. Oh my God! Yeah, I think we're gonna cut this off because this, this is this is now we're in serious time. This is serious time, folks. This is gonna be because the next few matches are pretty much at least for me the four matches I'm really excited about for this weekend. Actually, five if you want to count the Mysterio versus Mysterio match. But and then I would make Cena in theory sixth, the way I see it. Edge versus Finn Balor. This feud has been severely underrated. Severely underrated with everything that's gone on between these two. Edge creating the Judgment Day. Going heel. You'll love to see it. The freaking Alter Bridge theme song was fantastic. Um, I was just thoroughly impressed by the fact that they're having something that is just worthwhile. You know... Brings in Damian Priest. Brings in Rhea Ripley. And I'm thinking in my head, like, this is literally Brood 2.0, and I'm honestly here for it. They bring in Finn Balor. I thought this was going to be the just heat stable of the year, at least for me, for 2022. And then Edge gets swerved on by Finn Balor. And then that's when the shit hit the fan. All of it. Every last bit of it. Shit hit the fan 100%. And in my mind, I'm just like, now we got something here. Now we got Finn. Because Finn was basically in nothing to do land. He had nothing to do. Comes into the fold. I'm thinking, yo, Judgment Day about to be the just the heel, you know. Because you already hit the bloodline on SmackDown. And now you have the heel stable of Judgment Day on Raw. And I was just like, Balor, Priest, Edge, and Ripley? Yeah, this one can stand the test of time for quite a while. And then we can do the turn on Edge at some later point. No, fuck that. They did that four weeks after. All because Edge did not want that supernatural shit going down for the character of his, 
Yeah. And so they were like, you know what? All right, fine. Balor turns on you and then you have. But it turned into a fantastic feud between Edge and the Judgment Day. And finally, all roads lead to Hell in a Cell. This is how you do a Hell in a Cell build. You gotta have it a lengthy feud to be able to sustain 9 to 12 months of just pure, unadulterated hatred for, amongst two people, regardless if they're men or women. And... Doesn't matter. This is how you build a Hell in a Cell match. This match is worthy of a Hell in a Cell match. And for me personally, I'm going with Finn Balor to get this victory. Edge has gotten the better of Finn Balor as of late, and I think the only way you end it and to make Judgment Day a viable threat to pretty much anybody in WWE, you give Balor that victory. You give me the demon back, and Edge loses. I believe, I'm, I mean, it's still in the, I don't know if this is on his tour, he's on his tour, whatever, but when he comes out in Toronto and retires, whenever that may be, you know the crowd is going to feel all types of ways that night. We all will. Because this is the way that Edge should be should have retired the first time. We all know what happened with Edge and all that stuff. But this is but he's come back, battled back, and now finally, you know, after all is said and done, he will retire and we will miss the ever loving fuck out of him. But at least he gave he at least will give us this to remember him by. I am going to love this matchup. Finn Balor though for me has to get the victory. I think it just makes sense. Finn Balor getting that victory will be chef's kiss. Finn Balor wins for me. Triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. Y'all already know what it is. Big men bumping me. Take it however the way you want to. I do not care. This match is going to be insane. Insane. You know it is. It's basically Gunter Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. Now you just add Drew McIntyre into the mix. This matchup is going to be, but this is a, this is another dark horse match. Uh, dark horse match, dark horse candidate that I have for match of the weekend, as well as uh, Edge and Finn Balor. And this match is going to be insane. Part of me towards this build for this matchup told me that. Sheamus should take this. Become a Grand Slam champion. It's the only title he's never won in WWE. Sheamus should have that moment if they're not going to do the triple threat. If they're going to do Gunther Sheamus again, Sheamus should take that. Now that you have Drew McIntyre involved in this, I'm going with Gunther to retain. I think they want to make Gunther as much of a legitimate threat as possible. And from what I've read in the news, they are going to be doing a heavy push for Gunther in 2023 after WrestleMania. So I see no reason for him to lose the Intercontinental Championship. If they never brought out that news that they're going to push Gunther the way they were, Sheamus takes it for me. But because of that, and I know they're going to be giving him a big push, I think keeping that belt around his waist makes all the sense in the world. But this matchup is going to be crazy. You already know what it is. The second they made it a triple threat, we even knew it was a triple threat before y'all said it was a, you know, they said it was a triple threat uh, officially. And somebody was like, no, they're not going to do a triple threat, blah, blah, blah. Why are they going to put Drew McIntyre in it? Because you're about to find out this weekend. These are three men that know how to put work in when it comes to the ring. Gunter will just chop you into oblivion. Sheamus has the bro kick. And McIntyre's got that Claymore for days. Line up for all the people who want to come see it. All three of them want the smoke. 
let's give them the smoke. This is probably, and think of it like this. The Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship, I believe if I remember the tweet correctly, last year was not defended at WrestleMania. Both matches, both of those titles were left off the card. This year, we have them on there. And I'm quite excited to see it. And I'm very happy that they're bringing this forth to us. Quite pleased. But Gunter, I'm going with to retain the championship. The Intercontinental Championship, I'm just... I, I, Gunter's got, Gunter has done a lot of... Putting in a lot of work to get to this point. He has done... He, you know reshaped his body he's in he's in the best shape of his freaking life he's putting on banger after banger after banger after banger after banger and this match is going to be no different he puts on bangers so does Sheamus and so does Drew McIntyre this match is a glorified glorified wonderful delicious certified grade a banger oh 100% grade a banger but Gunter will retain the Intercontinental Championship, which leads us. I believe I want to have, I have every match that is been talked about on the card minus one. We are good. We now talk. About, let's talk about Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes for a hot minute. This is going to be a little bit of time. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Where do we begin? So, what do you want to talk about? This is probably one of the more... This is probably, in this particular match, this is probably one of the, the matches I have gone back and forth with the most in the five, almost five-year history of the YLP podcast. And I'll tell you why. This is probably the most high-profile WrestleMania main event that we have had in some time. You can you can say the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar one was highly anticipated, but I didn't give a single fuck about that match. I just wanted the Roman Reigns to win it so we can get that over with. Last time ever, bullshit, be damned. But this is a true WrestleMania main event. You have Roman Reigns. I believe, if I remember correctly, it'll be 940 some. Let me hold on. Let me let me get on the the interwebs real quick and see how many days it will be from when he won it until April 2nd at this very moment. Hold on. When did Roman Reigns win the championship? When did Roman Reigns win the Universal Championship? There we go. As of this recording, and at this very moment, Roman Reigns has been technically Universal Champion for nine hundred. Will be at you know at WrestleMania Sunday. It'll be nine hundred and forty-four days as Universal Champion. In terms of his reign as WWE champion, it's been a, it's been close to a year, if not a full year. 
the right to their title history apparently on WWE.com. Mm -mm -mm. WWE title. How long has he been champion? And Reigns has been champion. It will be at 363. Words are hard. 363 days as WWE champion. The undisputed WWE Universal Champion. This man has been on a run that Jesse Owens could say it was classic. We have not seen a rain like this in many, many, in a long, long time. Long time, bro. And it's been a storyline like none other. Probably one of the best storylines in the 21st century, I would say. They'll be writing about this long after we are gone. We have seen the evolution of Roman as a heel. A true heel. A heel we knew he could be upon his return in 20... What was it? 2021? Yeah, we'll go with that. 2021. And the Bloodline storyline has been one of the best storylines in the last few years. What he did to Jey Uso. Jimmy Uso. Solo Sokola saves his ass at Clash at the Castle. The Wise Man. All of that has been the stuff of legend. 20 plus title defenses for Roman. That includes both championships. And... This is the Roman that we all dreamed he would be. This is the Roman Reigns we all wanted him to be for years. And we finally got it. And they were getting it right the entire way. There is not one time that I can believe in the back of my mind that uh, the Bloodline storyline itself, period, has not been just the stuff of legend. And I've said it plenty of times on this podcast. Vince McMahon, I, you got this one right. This was this was the creation of Vince. But, and Roman basically said, uh, if I'm not turning heel, uh, I ain't coming back. He played his hand. He played his hand wonderfully and returned to give us one of the best storylines in recent memory. Good on you, Roman, for actually standing, you know, standing on your own too. And saying, if we're gonna you're gonna be back, I'm going heel. He knew he could do it. He has been this way since NXT. We knew it then. The promo that he cut in NXT. Look it up. You took one look. You take one look good, like good look at that promo, and you already knew he was a heel. Did well in the Shield. Went babyface. That didn't fucking work. Tried to crown him with the Rock. That didn't fucking work. Kept being him as a babyface. That still didn't work, bro. No, Roman Reigns was always meant to be a heel. And that's the reason I've been saying since Edwin, forever pretty much, Roman should have been the one to turn on the shield. And you got your freaking reason why. If 900 some odd days as champion don't make it work for you, I don't know what will. But in terms of that, the shield case, I rest my case on that. Anywho, we go to Cody Rhodes. 
a very unexpected return to WWE. Shocking. I didn't think they were actually going to pull it off. But when you heard, wrestling has more than one real family. It was true. Cody Rhodes made his return to face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 38, and we all went bananas. Put on a solid match with Seth, got the victory, had the torn peg, had still put on the match at Hell in a Cell. God tier ish, right there. Respectable. Out with injury, of course, gone for a little while. Came back with a jump off at WrestleMania. Not WrestleMania. Royal Rumble. Bad move, though, putting him at number 30. I'm just saying. If you had him at one, I would have been more believable. It would have made sense. I have been one to think. I honestly thought he would have won a championship last year. If we're being honest with ourselves and each other. He would have won that last year. He could have won that last year. Had he not gotten injured, he was projected, if I, if I remember correctly, to win Money in the Bank. To be Mr. Money in the Bank. Not Austin Theory. As I told y'all, last year, he was a year away from winning Money in the Bank. Let's get let's keep it a stat. We all know it's true. 2023 would have been the year for Austin Theory to take it. That's just me, but we got a lot more pieces now moving around. So it bees what it bees. Anywho. Cody Rhodes comes back, wins the Royal Rumble, as expected, as if there were any doubt. But the 20-minute thing he put on with Gunther, ooh, wonderful, fantastical, sensation. Now we are here. <laughs> the way they presented Cody as of late has been wonderful. I think the way they've approached Cody versus Roman the last few weeks, five, six weeks, coming out of the Elimination Chamber, I think has been a very solid build. As much as they could put in with the time they had. But they did use Raw and SmackDown to be able to utilize every last bit of this storyline. This has been very anticipated. A lot of people are into this. A lot of people really want to see this go down. And this is this, the reason I am in love with this match is for the simple fact that there's so much on the line. So much on the line in this matchup. Everybody's been talking about Roman going to a thousand days. Granted, I would love to see it and it, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but I think if we, if we know like happened last year, Roman Reigns did take some time off after WrestleMania to be able to, you know, rest, relax, chill, rest the body because he's been carrying the whole damn company on his back. Respectfully. And done the damn thing. The Cody Rhodes, he should become champion. Top baby face. Pretty much the quintessential number one babyface period in the company at this very moment. Number two being Sami Zayn and now Kevin Owens. You could go either way and you wouldn't be mad about who you pick. But this is the most this is probably the most important match in WWE in quite some time. Will we get is there gonna be a shift? 
in the company? Will there be a new face of WWE? Or will they keep the status quo and have Roman remain champion? Either way, honestly, you can't go wrong. But I think for me personally, the way I see it going, I've been back and forth in this for the past couple of weeks. Because it, it, you can make a case for either man to win this and you wouldn't be mad at the result as long as the match was damn good. Here's how I see it playing out. We get into the little nitty gritty bits at the moment. Same as Zayn, Kevin Owens involved, Usos involved, Sokolo involved, all that shit. You know there's going to be a ref bump or two in this. We know this. It's Roman's agenda. And I love it. But we, if y'all remember the moment from Elimination Chamber, I think this is where you make your moment. This is where main event Jey Uso finally, finally does the one thing he wished he could do. He wished he could have done to Roman before Sami Zayn did it first. Sami told the truth. You're you're just mad because I'm the one who did it first. In regards to the chair shot at uh, Elimination Chamber. Oh yeah, Jay felt some type of way about that, and y'all know it. If you really understand the Bloodline storyline, this has never been about Sami Zayn, this has never been about Cody Rhodes, Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, not even Roman Reigns. This has all been about Jay Uso. Go back to when the Bloodline began. Roman gave Jay hell. Jay finally saw that same, realized the abuse he was taking from Roman in Sammy. He saw that in him. Okay? Jay saw exactly what Sammy was doing. He was doing to Sammy in him. He realized that. He has been the catalyst for this entire... He has been, honestly, the glue that has kept the storyline together. Without Jey Uso, this wouldn't work as well as it should have. Because it worked very fucking well. But it's this Sunday night is going to be, should be the night that Jey Uso finally, finally does what he needed to do. And because at, at some point, we all know the bloodline is going to crumble before our very eyes. We all know this to be true. It makes sense. We need to now begin to see the downfall of Roman. And yes, I am going with Cody Rhodes to become the new undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Because that makes all the sense in the world. Because then you begin begin wonderfully new storylines. Feel me? You can begin the downfall of the bloodline. Roman goes away for a while. He's shook by the loss. They solidify the Universal Championship. He's got the longest reign, period. Longest reign in WWE. Modern era, period, by a long shot. 70 days more, as of this recording, as of this recording, than Volter, now known as Gunter. But I think there, I've, there's always been the, you know, we've had our beginning of our story, we've had our climax, and we, now we have to begin. WrestleMania will begin, will begin our climax. WrestleMania is our climax for the storyline. The storyline does not end, because there needs to be that downward arc. Okay, that's be that downward arc now. The, 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 you know, that moment where Roman now is without titles. 
that Roman is without the titles. We have to go through that that point now. We have to hit that climax at WrestleMania where he loses the titles, and now we have to begin our dissension within the bloodline. The crumbling of the, you know, the, 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 because we've got our rise. We've had our rise, but it's always been about Roman, and then there's everyone else. But Jay Uso has to be the catalyst. He has to be the one to turn on Roman. He has to realize in his head, Sammy did exactly what I wanted to do to Roman. Now that carries into the freaking, uh, tag team battle match, which I'm going with Sammy Owen and, uh, Sammy Zinn and Kevin Owens to win that because that makes all the sense in the fucking world. And that begins the crumbling of the bloodline right then and there. Because Jey Uso couldn't get the job done. I'm just going to throw that out there and see if it sticks. But since Jey Uso couldn't get the job done, Jey Uso will get the job done in the form of turning on the bloodline once and for all. Finally realizing what he had dealt with with Roman. That is why Cody Rhodes is going to be WWE undisputed WWE Universal Champion. And I hope they split the title soon after. Still saying that, because they need to. Raw needs their top champion back, and so does SmackDown. If you're going to stick with the two brands, you need your champions. I I mean, yeah, you can make a new belt, float it across both shows, and that would still work. Yes, I understand that. But if you're going to keep with the two-brand system, you need top champions. Cody Rhodes' number one thing that he wanted to do in WWE was win the WWE Championship. That's all he wanted to do was win the WWE Championship for his father, Dusty. I think it makes all the sense in the world to split the belts. That's just me. I'm sure a lot of y'all will probably be saying, keep a two-belt system. Keep the two belts on one man. Let it float across both shows. But you're going to have to create a lot of contenders for that. And luckily for them, they got a lot of contenders. But I say split the belts. Give it Raw and SmackDown their identities back and give us something to latch on to. But I got to go with Cody Rhodes to take this. As much as I would want to see Roman go a thousand days, that would just be a feat unheard of, you know, when I tell my, you know, my, you know, my grandkids, um, you know, my grandkids, my nieces and nephews, actually, um, essentially, it would make sense for Cody to take this. We have to see the beginning of the end of the bloodline. Roman takes a little, little time off, let him rest up, let him chill. You can still work with, with the Bloodline storyline because now there's going to be Jimmy and Jay Uso having having to have beef because of what Jay did, you know, to Roman Solo, possibly going his own way and creating his own, you know, ordeal. You know, the Usos then coming together and actually turning on Roman, leading to a match. Hopefully, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso at SummerSlam because that deserves that. That deserves that, and I believe there's a, I forget who did it. Uh, I believe Murph's, uh, Murph's YT13. Uh, if you don't follow him, I check him out on YouTube. He had a great storyline for how B- Jay Uso becomes the new leader of the bloodline. That would be dope. But there's also belts involved. But storyline-wise, I think Murph's y- for YT13. Murph's YT13. M-U-R-F-S-Y-T-13. Good channel. On YouTube. He did the, he did the uh, Jay Uso uh, becoming the new leader of the bloodline. I think that would be a storyline worth watching. That was a very... Big deal. Shout out to uh, Murph's YT13 for thinking that up because that was just genius. But that's the way. You, but you got to have Jay Uso finally realize that Roman did the same to me. I'm done with you. Now I'm going to turn on you. But we got to start Saturday night with the Usos losing the tag team championships to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens because we need that big baby face pop. And that's why that should have been the main event of night one. But that's going to be it for episode 357 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, 
Close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 358 of the YLP podcast. Be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 357 of the YLP Podcast, your WrestleMania weekend preview and predictions. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode or any of the other 356 episodes of the YLP Podcast. Do not hesitate to hit me up with a voice message over at podcasters.spotify.com slash Young Lions Perspective. Also, you can hit me up with an email over at Young Lions Perspective at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on all my social media, stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. You can follow me over on Twitter at YLP, well, Perspective, my apologies, over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. You can also find me over on Facebook. Simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. And of course, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, WrestleLadic Radio, of course, Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, hosted by the wonderful one and only Mr. Will Tereshuk. Shout out to Willie T for, you know, Ambiguous Podcast Solutions because it is awesome. Anywhere else you listen to podcasts. So what is going down next week? I think it's pretty much simple of what is going down next week. We did the preview. So we're going to do a wonderfully good review of WrestleMania weekend. We're going to talk about NXT Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania 39, which would be a wonderful time we're going to have here discussing everything that went down this weekend. I'm quite excited for this weekend. And we're going to review everything. Of course, we're going to be doing our best and worst matches of the weekend. Because that's going to be a, quite an honor if you are the worst match of WrestleMania weekend. Let's just put that out there right now. It is not the honor you think it is. Especially here on the YLP Podcast. The who's it? Yeah, best and worst matches. Of course, we got match of the night. Match of the weekend, pretty much. That's a, and that's a very distinct honor you want to add. But of course, the very, very big cover to 2023... WrestleMania weekend MVP. It is a big thing. One that I've only done a couple times. We've done one, four years now. And there have been, uh, I don't remember the winners because I don't ever write them down or put them on anything. But there will be a WrestleMania weekend MVP and there's a lot of people to choose from. So hopefully everybody decides to show up and show out for this weekend. We're going to view all of that. And of course, the most important, you know, Think about the awards, the final grades for both NXT Stand and Deliver and Nights 1 and 2 of WrestleMania 39. Yes, I am going to be grading Nights 1 and 2 separately. This is, this is the first time I'm doing that, but yes, I believe last year, last year I did uh, WrestleMania grade as a whole, but I'm going to do Stand and Deliver, Night 1, and Night 2 grade, so that should be very interesting to see who had the better night overall, or afternoon delight. Uh, if you're NXT, but yeah, that's gonna be it for me. I'm gonna get out of here. I want you guys to enjoy WrestleMania weekend. I know it's Saturday when this episode comes out, but I hope you listened to this podcast and enjoyed every last bit of it. And if you're in LA, enjoy WrestleMania weekend. Enjoy every second of it. Take it all in. Beat the traffic as best as you possibly can, because I've heard and seen reports that traffic sucks in LA. 
uh, especially now that it's WrestleMania weekend, it's going to be bonkers. So make sure you plan accordingly. Take your time to get there as early as you need to and uh, beat that traffic as best as you possibly can because I know there's going to be a lot going on. WrestleMania Superstore, GCW, Joey Janela Spring Break, every last bit of this is going to be bonkers. Enjoy it. If you're going to be home for it, enjoy it. You know, enjoy some wings, some pizza, whatever it is you're going to be enjoying with, you know, your friends, family, and all that good stuff. Enjoy WrestleMania weekend. That's what WrestleMania is for. WrestleMania, yes, is for the casuals, but also it's for the hardcore fans like us. And in, and, and, and WrestleMania, you know, brings all of us together, the casuals and the hardcore fans, for one simple night. And then we get the Raw after Mania where we just shit on everybody because we can. Because we are the authority. Um, overall, y'all, you know. We know WrestleMania is going to be a good time. It's going to be a good show. Enjoy it. I will. And I hope you do too. And I'll see you guys next Saturday for episode 358 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.